Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Sharon Price-John, president and CEO of Build-A-Bear Workshop and the author of a great new book, Stories and Heart, Unlock the Power of Personal Stories to Create a Life You Love. This is Sharon's story and our opportunity to use this book like a workbook and discover the life we have to live. Sharon Price-John, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you have had such an interesting and amazing, extraordinary and fun life. And now we have uh, the essence of that sort of captured, if one can, in a book, in Stories and Heart, Unlock the Power of Personal Stories to Create a Life You Love. And, you know, that in itself, you certainly are living the life you love, true? Well, it's, you know, you have to work with that every day. Every day it's a decision. Um, you know, have I, has every, every dream that I've ever wanted, has that been achieved? No, but this is about finding uh, a path that makes sense, but also happiness in the moment. And I, you embrace that uh, so strongly and have lived it, I I, you know, reading through at least some of the 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 book stories and heart, I I get that that this started at a young age with you, and it just has continued to grow, and so it's perfect. I feel to share it with others to inspire us, challenge us, perhaps, and realize, like what you said, it is a choice, and you have to commit to it every day. It doesn't just happen that all of this just falls in your lap. Well, happiness is mostly an internal decision. And once you start to, you know, many times in the book uh, speak to how I want people to have goals and think about how they can expand their mind and their, you know, or or whatever it is that they're trying to do. But you got to realize, and after you do start to get some uh, monochrome of success, that those things are only happiness for the moment. You're right back at the beginning again. You know, it's the it's the it's the what next, and that's that's the human that that's just human, and that's okay. It's learning that you know if 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 you're believing that that thing is what's going to make you happy, that's where it breaks apart. But it's fun to understand that if you can love the pursuit of that, and knowing that it's not going to quote unquote make you happy because that's why we try to do anything is we believe in doing it. It's going to somehow, you know, make us happier than we are now. Why would we seek it out? Um, But it's that journey of it and embracing the journey of it because that's the bigger part of life, not the achievement of something. And then when things are happening in your life that maybe you don't like, and that's also human, there's a, a narrative to wrap around that or the recognition of how you can use that situation as a, either, you know, a stepping stone um, or, you know, or a stumbling block. And that also is up to us. The recognition that so much of how we translate our lives is really in our minds, and therefore, whether that's empowering or disempowering us, is in some ways daunting, but in other ways empowering unto itself. Does that make sense? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And I I love how you are phrasing it. And it is expanded so much more so in the book Stories and Heart, where you share how you have gone through from a young age, all these different experiences. And I think it attests to that, that it's the achievement of something you've really had such fun with. But you also show the steps that it took. And we have to then also embrace that in our life, as you're saying to enjoy that journey. Oh, yeah. And therein lies the fun of life. <laughs> is that it doesn't always work out exactly like you plan. I mean, how boring is that if you knew what was going to be inside every birthday present you got? <laughs> you want to have some of those twists and turns and be open to the peripheral vision of life and the things that, you know, if you want to get you know, too esoteric, you know, the universe puts in front of you, but it's just a moment of contemplation about, wow, is, is this, you know, the really focused goal? Is that really what I'm meant to do? Or is that what I'm supposed to do? And be willing to pause and contemplate that by looking inside, not by looking outside about, you know, who, what box is this going to check or who's going to think this or about that? You know, but looking at on the, the difference, understanding the difference between um, supposed to and meant to. Um, because I talk a lot about, you know, getting over perfection or leaving baggage behind that's not helping you. But one of the, the dichotomies of perfection for, or perfection for a moment is that we're all actually here perfectly equipped to be perfectly us. But you have to know where that is to be able to achieve it. And therein lies the challenge that when I read about your life and there was a, an idyllic aspect to it and, you know, and I compare myself and think of, you know, there were there so many similarities in terms of, you know, having freedom to run and play and kind of unfettered time, which doesn't quite seem to be as simple and easy currently and and i wonder if um the not just the current generation but a generation before when this seemed to exist has that kind of been an impediment is it a, is it a roadblock for them you know i i really don't know the answer to that um and i but i i believe that there are lots of ways to create unstructured both physical and emotional and mental time you know, I happen to have, you know, a, a park behind my house and a, my grandmother's home where I could run around. Um, but yeah, I was conscious of even raising my children without all of that structure. And it, I, I think that that's helpful, but I'm sure that different people um, have different needs that help them evolve. But I would think that and there's a lot of research to support this, that it is not our job as caregivers to fill up all the time in a child's life. There's beauty and boredom uh, because they need to learn how to both create interesting things by themselves and also to self-soothe. If, if, if your life is so full, and that's true for adults as well, you, you can't think, you can't get the intersection that allows you to start to explore and, and 
and create who you are or who you're meant to be. Like you, you can't bounce your values off and get, try something on in your mind. You can't, you know, try to draw something or, and then not, it's not very good and then work it out. If everything's about immediate, uh, gratification or I thought, I thought that was boring and I don't want to do it again. You know, you got to keep, if you can't read the first time you pick up a book, that means nothing. That's not failure. Right, right. Now, in terms of that, uh, I think regardless of where we are in our life, Stories and Heart, where you share your life, but it's also, it's such a beautiful book because here we have like a a self-guided workbook uh, where we can do a lot of self-discovery. So I find that if we feel maybe we missed something along the way, um, there too might be some answers for us. But that's what we can explore by by using stories and heart in that way, can't we? Oh, well, thank you for that. I think that's, that's a wonderful way to, um, to capture some of the intention. Um, you know, the, the, the idea here was really, you know, not a book about me. It was just, you know, I have to ground it in things that are familiar. So um, I kind of thought through certain catalyst stories that I had, you know, a little bit of an insight or a change of perspective or a mindset shift or something that was a challenge. And I made up my own approach to to try to deal with that. Um, and that's where it kind of breaks, you know, breaks down and walks through some of these um uh, I won't call them lessons uh, because I'm not trying to teach anything in a pedantic way other than the answers are inside. And so like something like a goal tree where you're, I'm asking you to think about what you want or write your 100 wishes or fire your negative committee. What are they saying to you? What in, what's all this baggage you're carrying around? That's all unique to the person I'm truly just providing tools for them to take that time. And, and I've tried to do it in a way that it's more fun than a chore um, because it is fun to get to know yourself. And there's a, a portion of the book here that, you know, my dad used to say, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. It's sort of, you know, a small town sort of, you know, country saying, but there's deep wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. And you can't get away from yourself. So you better learn to love yourself. And the best thing to do is to get to know who you are. Yes, and I think, and maybe that's where you know, kind of to answer that earlier question about our the younger generations, is that uh, maybe there isn't quite that self knowledge yet. But here is, I think, such a fun way, an interesting way to to discover that. And, and I love how you say, you know, you're not teaching people how to be a certain way, because as you also said, we have all that we need, and you're just kind of prompting the questions or asking the questions and giving us the opportunity for uh, for that discovery. Right. And one of the things that was, was part of the journey of this book for me was I already knew all these tools that I've been using all my life, you know, um, and but before I was willing to share them with anyone, even though they had worked for me, I did this research myself 
of trying to find supportive data of is there anything out there that says that this thought was the right thing to do, you know, and that's what was really like mind opening um, as I started to think through this, you know, well, you know, is there data that says that if you actually write your goals down, that you're going to have a better chance at, at achieving them versus just thinking your goals and the data is overwhelming. Is there really data about, you know, having a mindset of purposeful, positive thinking on how to, you know, keep a good, an open mind and, and being able to achieve your goals, with, you know, and the data is overwhelming. Um, and, you know, not, this isn't kind of frou-frou data. This is Harvard Business Review and Psychology Today. And, you know, I'm like, wow, I had no idea, you know, on some of these, on some I did, but on some of these aspects of, the things that I've chosen to do, whether it's even from uh, Norman Vincent Peale's book, The Power of Positive Thinking, on the concept of acting as if, how much raw data there is that is proof point that these concepts really do create outcomes that are different from they, what they otherwise could be. And that's very exciting to see that you were experiencing all of this, but yes, is there data and to, to find that it's been with us for decades, if not a, a cent, well, well, always, but now is... Most likely, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I'm not sharing anything in here, probably, that isn't already a universal truth, you know? It's just packaged differently, maybe in a more approachable way. I, I think that sometimes... You know, people aren't willing to share that start the, the book with this really the, the circuitous portions of the journey. The times as I use the analogy about life being a beech tree versus a ladder, yeah. you know, they're not willing to share those moments when a branch snapped off mm-hmm. or they got stuck in the tree. And if we're not willing to share those once we've climbed to, you know, a, a, a level where we have a bit of a view, let's say. Um, then people don't know that you that that's the way it is. That that's the only way you're able to get high enough to have a bit of a view. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen. What are you going to do with that? And would you just briefly share with us the story of the beech tree? Because I think there's so much in it from an you know a child's experience, but how it just then lives with you, you know, through your life. Yeah, and what funny about it too is that like I say in the end it it kept almost haunting me like that was a journey I would go on at night um before I go to sleep sometimes when I was in trouble you know like something was on my mind I would kind of like mentally go out you know across the creek across you know into the pine woods and find this huge beech tree that I decided I needed to climb uh that the, the summer that my grandmother passed away as I think, you know, a way to sort of deal with grief or distractions since my family was so distracted that summer. And it would just hit me one day that I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's an analogy for my life. And my somewhere in my subconscious, it's telling me that, you know, there's a story here that's so much deeper. And I started to dissect it and decipher it. And recall, you know, down to, you know, look, this is a massive tree, these big snaky roots, beautiful beaches are beautiful, um, particularly when they've gotten, you know, as big as this one had gotten. 
but I could see these, you know, the carvings of people's initials beyond the super high branch that I thought I was probably not capable of getting to. But by seeing those carvings, it made me believe that it was possible. And sometimes that's all we need. And you never know, for example, you never know, or I never know, what we might be that carving for someone mm. of being able to achieve something. They, sometimes all you need is one data point of that's possible, not probable, but that's possible. And that was like, well, somebody's been up there. You know, this, somebody's been able to figure this out, so I can do it too. And, you know, I tried and tried and, and finally did get up there. And, you know, there's always this section in each of the chapters that has the, but wait, there's more. But what was, um, you know, funny about the story is I was stuck. And then I talk about how I got down and what I ended up learning from this experience. But that that I think has significantly impacted my life because really what I had done was create such a big goal, you know, that I got super focused on, but kind of failed at the very end, sort of, right? right. Because I was stuck. But it, it made me think through the way I think about issues and how you define goal setting. So I had ended up that I could have chosen to assess that experience in two very different ways. One, that I should avoid setting challenging goals because you never know what could happen, and it might turn out to be really bad. So avoid that, like shoot low. The second option is that I should continue to set challenging goals because you never know what can happen, and it might turn out to be awesome. And that is indeed what happened because I figured out a really great way to get out of the tree. And I would go back to climb the tree just so I could replicate the way I learned how to get out of the tree. And what's ironic is that both of those potential lessons are based in the exact same facts, which is the crux of the book, right? Right. The difference is the story I chose to weave around those facts. And that first version of is limiting and defeatist and the fact that it could be a challenging goal and it might turn out to be awesome is liberating and empowering. And that's a massive unlock that when you get to these junctures of deciding, you know, consciously or unconsciously, and probably for me at the time, unconsciously, that, you know, the thing that might in the moment be considered failure or paralyzing you, if you stick with it, if you push through, if you persevere, if you think about it in a different way, could end up to be the best part of the whole experience. And that's what was true for me. Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting when we read that and we think about it in our own life, how this is so invigorating as to the things that happen and really help us to become more of who we are and really build our life and build upon our life. Right. And that's really, I mean, what else are we supposed to be doing here? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> break it down that far. I mean, it's, you know, we're gifted in this day and age and for most of us. And of course, there's always extreme situations, which is not the case. But for so many of us, you think about the entire history of mankind, where the vast majority of people are right now on the kinds of things that they have to worry about are far, far from the kinds of things that people in the majority were probably worrying about 100, 200, 300, 500 years ago. 
And so it gives us more time to contemplate, um, but sometimes that causes us a lot of anxiety because we're not, we don't have to fill up our time with the mundane, but what are you going to do with that? And that's some, some of what this is begging. And in your case, now we're going to you kind of hop forward a few decades, and now for the last decade, you've actually been the CEO of Build-A-Bear Workshops, which I think everybody has to know what Build-A-Bear is. I remember as they first opened up and was there myself to build my own bear. I mean, how exciting is that to see yourself, you know, through all the different lessons, such as the beech tree, and using that still, I'm sure, even currently, with uh, problem-solving? Yeah, it's remarkable uh, in so many ways. When I look back on it, I mean, I speak about a Steve Jobs quote in there where it's he, in reflection, reflecting on his life, that, you know, he took a circuitous journey, was ousted from Apple, started Next, and eventually came back and, you know, became one of the most influential people. Much of what he's done has literally changed the world. And he's like, you just cannot connect the dots when it's happening to you. But when you get on the other side, the little time, you can look back and you can connect those dots. You sort of see this pattern. And that's what happened when I went to Build-A-Bear. You're like, wow. It's as if every step along the way, because I had this kind of, you know, ability to almost dance with the possibility, um, not be so pedantic about this is what's next, this is what's next, that it was somehow perfectly preparing me for this challenge, which is what it was in the beginning. And, you know, I stuck with it. But it's been that build there in and of itself has been a journey. And also what's uh, kind of magical is that Build-A-Bear is all about stories. It was sold 225 million furry friends at this point. Wow. And because of who we are, this personalized, experience-based kind of company, each one of those furry friends is a story. And each one of those furry friends has a heart, which is the impetus for uh, the thought process and where I ended up, you know, one of the reasons why I ended up naming the book what I did. And again, we see that circuitous journey and how it comes together and these little nuggets will pop up here and there. It's so beautiful. Well, you're just, I, thank you. Thank you. I, I love to write. This was hard because I did it during COVID. And in fact, when I started the process and Forbes reached out, that was pre-COVID. And we kind of, the first draft didn't even have the ending in it because COVID hadn't happened yet. So we had to then kind of draw out the process because I didn't want to end the book until I kind of know, and it's still not ended, but until there was a conclusion in the post-COVID environment, which we were able to share. Because it was almost as if the, the story in the back end, the last two chapters, or at least the last chapter, was writing itself while I was writing the book. Mm-hmm. And that in itself, again, is a lesson for us to understand and embrace and see how all of that is happening and to actually have excitement about that, that, you know, as we are following our heart, as we're learning about ourselves and doing what we need to do, it is all evolving that you, you won't see that end path, but, and situation, but it's there, it's, it is being created. Yes. 
and you, there's a certain amount of, um, I use the word faith, but I don't necessarily mean it in a religious way. It's just a faith in the process. You have to keep taking those steps into nothingness, right? right. Or you just stagnate. You don't always know how things are going to come out. It's not possible. And even with your best planning, it's still not possible. And there's this idea of control. It's almost an illusion anyway. And that's okay because that illusion allows us to operate every day. <laughs> if we didn't believe there was some sort of control, it would be very hard for us as humans. Oh, yeah. but, but there's also some fun to the not being in control. Again, this idea of, you know, is it really fun if you know every single birthday present you're going to get? It's really not. Right. So, you know, that it's just this constant dichotomy of a little bit of pressure, a little bit of control, a little bit of movement you know, trying to get some action that's inspired that drives traction towards your goal, but then don't get so focused on the goal that you can't see other things that might be laid in your path that are bigger, better, more purposeful, and then you just miss it because you have blinders on. And I think that it is a, it's an art, not a science, uh, which is why I try to just go through this with, here's a tool, here's a tool. But most of these tools are about getting you to think. Think about yourself, think about your life, you know, write down some values that help you recognize there are certain paths that I'm just not going to cross over that fence or I'm not going to take that road. And that's helpful too, because you don't sit there and ruminate on that. You go, that's outside of the realm of my values and I'm not going to waste time because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that helps you move forward too with uh, confidence. It it is really so beautiful because it is about making those choices and and recognizing that. And one of the things I really love is having these little nuggets of quotes kind of highlighted because then it takes you into thinking or takes me into thinking, and we go explore a little further. So in the idea of quotes, there there was one I read long ago. Actually, it was Richard Bach, the author, who said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And that's 100 percent. And that's and, and, you know, Sharon, I think that's what's happening with this book is that it is here as our teacher and we can learn so much about ourselves and what we want to do with our life by getting our copy of it. Well, I appreciate that, and and I I think I'll share this with you because I think you're going to understand that I truly did try to write this in a way that was easily consumable. The stories were not too esoteric or complicated. The activities were approachable and introspective, but not overwhelming, and ultimately that it was in these snippets that were digestible. And before, at least from some of the people that I've spoken to, it's almost like before you know it, you've read like three or four chapters and you're like, I didn't even know that happened. Right. Because it's in this bite-sized format of, you know, sections for each chapter that help you think, well, it's just two or three more pages, just two or three more pages <laughs> before you know it, you're halfway through the book. Right. Um, so I really wanted it to, you know, trying to think through about, you know, today's audience and how to be appealing without being overwhelming. And there's lots of layers of thought in here. I think that if you read it um, now and then maybe read it a year from now, you'll probably see different things in it. Ideally, yes, because yeah. we'll, we'll have grown that much more. 
I hope so. That's the goal. Well, this has been so much fun, so wonderful, and I love the book. Of course, it's available through all of our favorite book sources, correct? That's correct. And if people want to follow you, they can also find you on Instagram or LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yep. Right? Uh Uh-huh. And go to to storiesandheart.com. You can get the exercises if you fill them out in the book and you're like, no, I want to do another 100 lists. (laughs) Just just download it online and print it out for yourself. Or I want to do another goal tree. I wasn't thinking big enough, you know, whatever it is. Um, We're there for you. And I also have some blogs up there and I'm just so pleased that people are enjoying it. Well, what's not to enjoy? I mean, the world is being handed to us in in a sense by doing this, and we can only do ourselves the great favor of uh, embracing it and working at it at whatever our pace is. But as you say, you know, you turn a few pages and you get all excited and you want to go a bit further. So you are so inspiring in that way, Sharon. Well, thank you. I mean, it really does. It, that that means the world to me. I mean, that that is the goal. I ended up, you know, help. It was very helpful for me to write it too, just, you know, because we're going through, that happened to be at the time, going through such, you know, difficult moments in the world. So this was like sort of my respite, uh, cathartic respite. But at the end of the day, when I just trying to figure out who to dedicate the book to, I think you probably noticed I dedicated it to everybody else in the world. Yes, <laughs> to, yes, which is. Reader. Right. And so how can we not then accept this as a hint, as a direction, as a as a gift, really? Right. right. I, I say that this book is dedicated to you and the sincere hope that you'll embrace the wonderful journey of creating a life you love. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. And you have done so, and you've really graced us with some wonderful conversation this morning. I'm so grateful, Sharon, that you have done that. Thank you, and we look forward to making the world a better place. Thank you. If, if, if we all tried to do that, it would work. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. yes. All right. Have a great day. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Sharon Price-John and Sunday Morning Magazine with Pamela Gockley. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast. It's on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of seeing our experiences as the steps to find our best life. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.